The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. It is still, if you're watching on the YouTubes, Monday, December 6th. If you're listening to the podcast, it's probably Tuesday, December 7th. And we are going to recap a what I thought was a very enjoyable 14-10 to 10 Patriots win over the Buffalo Bills in a, in a weird weather game that you just don't see that often. And I like I like weird weather games, so I have no problem with it. Um, joining me to do so, John, I mean, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? Breach, we now live in a world where the Bengals are the sixth seed and just behind them at number seven are the Buffalo Bills at seven and five. And it's a world I love, Ryan. It is a world I love, and I am happy to be here tonight. <laughs> Passive-aggressive Breach is back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to do something after Wilson showed up and 14 Steelers shirts last on <laughs> the Sunday night recap. It took him uh, four hours after the show to get out of his clothes. If you are if you are watching on YouTube, we are we have a cheat. We are going to give away a hat that says Brinson sucks on it that you can proudly wear Christmas with your family, and they'll be like, "Who the hell?" Is Open Brinson? presents, take pictures, put them on Twitter, and we can all enjoy them together. If you're wearing a Brinson sucks hat over Christmas, by all means, send it to us, or, or yeah, put it on your grandmother's hat or grandfather's hat, whatever you want to do. My parents had. Um, hit the like button. That'll make you eligible. Hit the like button and write hat in the chat. That'll make you eligible for it. If you're not watching on YouTube, uh, you can come hang with us. We're live on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six or search pick six podcast in the YouTube app after every single Sunday night, Monday night and Thursday night show. Also Tuesday at 1 PM. It'll be a little different for the holidays probably, but Ryan host a mock draft show. And then on Thursday at 1 PM, myself, RJ white and Pete Prisco make picks for the week they were bad this week so let's see uh but i did have the patriots as a best bet and said that the patriots would win outright they did just that 14 to 10 uh your boy mac jones ryan was electric i mean just you know you you, you see you know you wonder he plays at Alabama, all this talent around him, first-round wide receivers, tons of you know high-end offensive linemen great running backs behind him can he do the same thing at the nfl and he came in and for Three quarters of this game had a perfect passer rating. Finished the game two for three for 19 yards. And slanging uh, and, it. <laughs> and look, um, people were mad that Mac Jones wasn't throwing the ball for some reason, but Belichick ran the ball. Uh, uh, Damian Harris, 10 carries, 111 yards, scored the first touchdown, which you called on plus um, 650. Plus 650, the, the, the chalky favorite. Good job. Um, and then Ramondre Stevenson, 24 carries, 78 yards. Some of those. He ran better than those numbers indicate, I think. But what did you think of the game plan to take Mac out of the game plan? Well, we were all in HQ on um, Monday afternoon, and we all pretty much said that with the weather and the way the Bill, uh, the Patriots offense is set up, they're going to run the ball. Breach noted that the Bills' run defense is pretty good. Uh, they weren't really that great. They knew it was coming, and for 45 minutes, they had very few answers. What do you got, Breach? Well, I was just going to say, I said, on the HQ show, if the Patriots rushed for more than 140 yards, they would win. Yeah, that was you, my you wins over the, breach. You also said the Bills' run defense was really good. No, no. I yeah. said that in their losses, they had given up 140 yards rushing per game, and so that that was the key to beating them. Uh, by the way, 
passive aggressive breaches indeed back. He he literally just said no, if they just, rush for, if they rush for 500 yards, they're going to win the football game. Yeah. No, I just said the, the Bills exactly right. have been incredibly bad at stopping the run in w- losses. It's not like teams are beating through the air when the Bills lose. They're being beaten on the ground. That is what I said, but you don't pay attention to what I say. No, me, you, your wife. You're the Brinson of HQ. See, this is what you do, though. You you like to create chaos when there's a something when there's a when people want to examine things that you said gaslighting chaos so, it. yeah. yeah it's a, a redacted uh person <laughs> was very good at this and actually uh anywho um breach creates chaos so you're like i don't remember what breach said yeah. this no you're exactly i know exactly who you mean and that's him yes. um Ridiculous. so look i people people were mad that they weren't the patriots weren't throwing just to be clear people on twitter People no one were, else was mad. I was quite comfortable with the the game. And plan. people people on Twitter are mad about everything. Yeah, they uh, the Patriots end up running for two hundred twenty two total yards, forty six rushes, four point eight yards per rush. Breach and, called and, it. Well, again, that sort of undercuts how good they were running the football because at and one, how bad the other team was at stopping it when they I knew mean, it was coming. Mac Jones had one pass attempt in the first half, and the Bills, the, the Patriots are averaging over six yards per rush going into halftime like the bills had no answer for it and in the day like it's not like damian harris runs a four three he's a plotter with a pulled hamstring and he ripped off a fifth a 64 yarder and was literally untouched one cut right right at the middle of the field and sashayed into the end zone so you know you have questions about that clearly look mac jones's first pass attempt and he didn't i don't he didn't throw again until the fourth quarter i don't believe i think that's right yeah because they had to win with him 32 Um, straight runs in between those passes the uh but max pass attempt his first pass attempt was to Jonu smith in the first quarter and it, look any ball that got up in the air more than like five or six feet above the air absolutely got caught up by the wind and Jonu smith had to tip it twice to catch it it was a miracle that it was caught you did not want your rookie quarterback who i think what six years ago tweeted i've never seen snow um, up in Buffalo, trying to like can passes into the wind. Mac is a Max are having a great season. Probably going to win Rookie of the Year, but his you know Wilson, you you talked about leading up to the draft. His strengths are not you know his when you look at his uh, his strengths cons, are not throwing into a seventy mile an hour wind. Arm strength is not his 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 deal. And as it turns out, I mean, is Josh Allen has the strongest arm in the NFL, or one of the strongest arms. He was fifteen to thirty, and he missed on a lot of targets. The, the point is that the weather was terrible. So if you're angry on Twitter. That the Patriots aren't running the ball. Just look across the field. The other offense that was struggling to to move the ball in the air and on the ground. I will say though, Josh Allen probably should have been twenty one to thirty for about two hundred and fifty <laughs> yards. Yeah. In his defense, it felt like everyone else on offense let him down. He was Dawson the only one Knox. that came to play. Uh, you know, Stephon Diggs had that really tough one in the end zone. But as tough as that catch would have been, Josh Allen. Oh wait a second! In the fourth quarter, late on the on the no back the shoulder? deep the deep pass. That he literally put right in his hands. It, I, I mean, Diggs had to like zigzag because the ball floats in the air, but it, it hit him in the hands, Ryan. I mean, I, I don't know what else. But he had to turn, I think he had to turn from. It would have been a difficult his... catch, but Josh right. Allen made a perfect throw is what I'm saying. It's one thing for Dawson Knox to get to bang on him. but Oh, yeah. And Dawson Knox had two just horrible drops that probably would have been about 30 yards and Ryan's over would have hit. So it was a peculiar game. The one thing I will say, though, is that just, just give Bill Belichick coach of the year right now because this was a total Belichick game. Look, if they had showed up to the stadium today and the winds were one mile an hour, they would have had a completely different game plan. It looked like the Patriots were the team in Buffalo. Belichick so outcoached McDermott here was almost embarrassing. And, you know, Belichick got out there, saw the kickers are kicking 35-yard field goals and they're blowing and missing by 35 yards. You can't punt. You can't throw the ball. So what do you do? We're just going to run it 46 times and only throw three passes. McDermott, on the other hand, is like, well, we've got strong arm Josh Allen. We're going to just let him cut through the win, uh, which <laughs> you can't do that with 60-mile-an-hour wins. If Belichick was coaching the Bills, they would have done the same thing. They would have run it 45 times and thrown maybe eight passes instead of three because they have Josh Allen. But this was just uh, – Belichick take what, took what Mother Nature gave him, and, and Sean McDermott thought he could beat Mother Nature, and that's why Bill Belichick is the best coach I in the NFL. I don't know if that's – quite accurate i i don't know i, I think you think I if it was a sunny day and i agree with the Patriots part of it i don't think that i don't think that uh, sean mcdermott was trying to overcome mother nature with his bare hands I, I think that he has josh allen versus mac jones and you just said mac i mean josh allen should have his stats should be better than what they were 
I still don't think they were great, but he, I think he outplayed Mac Jones. That's not really asking much, but I don't think it was a, a clear disparity in coaching. But let me ask you this, Breach, because I was talking to Princeton about this before you really? said. Let me ask Breach this. Princeton, you're on my side, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You guys okay. both also thought the over was going to hit. So let's settle down on how smart you two numbers are. <laughs> let me ask you this, Breach. If you had just walked into the room, and I know that you listened to the game on uh, without the sound on, so you watched the game without the sound on, and they just had two cameras, one on McDermott and one on Bill Belichick, and you couldn't hear, but you just saw them, what would your takeaway be in terms of how, how this game is going? Because it was clear to me one person was way more excited than the other person. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about it. McDermott looked like this was coaching his Super Bowl. He did not want to lose right. this game. And Belichick went in there like this is another game he expected to win. And he coached it like he would any other game. Okay, he coached it like he would any other game in the sense that like his emotion doesn't get high. It doesn't get low. He gets mad if there's a bad call, but that's about it. He yeah. he's, keeps his composure no matter what. Did you see his, uh, I mean, I don't, probably didn't. I just happened to have countdown on to my house because I was watching Adam Schefter and, and Susie Colbert fall out of their chairs because the wind was so bad. <laughs> uh, but uh, Lisa Salters interviewed Belichick and he had, he was in the tunnel underneath the stadium. Wait, was this he, after the game or before the before game? Before the game. Okay. And he comes out and he's wearing, um, I think he had a, like a, he had his hood, maybe his hood pulled over. I don't know my phone's somewhere, but he had a Navy mask, like a, like a like Navy midshipman mask on. And I, I don't think like he a even ski mask? A what? A ski mask? No, no, a, a mask, like a COVID mask, like a oh, gotcha. face mask. And I don't think he, like McDermott didn't have one on when he did his interview. And Belichick, in, he answered, I think, three questions. He might have said nine words. At that point, I was like, I want more Pat's money line. I was like, because <laughs> I think that, again, and I said this before, the Bills went to New England in week 16 last year and humiliated Bell, like kicked him while he was down. Humiliated Four touchdowns him. for Josh Allen. Allen let them up, won the division, and and sent a message. and I and I believe that Belichick, like Belichick, was celebrating pretty hard when they when they it looked like they won and they could run out the clock with his son Steve on the sidelines. I think that this game mattered a lot to him to say, hey, 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 hold on, boys. You know, it's cute that you think you got this division. This is my division. No, I don't think anyone disagrees with that. I I think, as I told you before Breach showed up, that Sean McDermott takes it up ten notches when he plays the Patriots. Last year was the the blip on the radar, as you noted, because they railroaded him twice. But they were 0-3 prior to that with Josh Allen. And I, I mentioned the game I went to in October 2019 where the Patriots came to Buffalo where the Bills were 3-0, and and, and they won that game. And before that game, I don't know if you remember this, Breach, you seem to remember these sort of conspiracy theory things. Belichick just walked up to the podium in a leather jacket by the, and a turtle. And like a, I mean, like he's, he's, he's feeling it a little bit. And that's when, um, Sean, when Sean McDermott kicked the Patriots staffers off the field before the game because he thought they were, quote-unquote, Spying like on spying. Them. Yeah. yeah, and he was really animated. And I saw that same sort of animated, angry, confused face on Monday night on the sidelines when he called the official over literally every 10 minutes to yell at him about something that was probably inconsequential in the big scheme of things. And, I mean, yeah, to your point, like, McDermott, a little bit, I don't want to, I don't think this is not necessarily a good comparison, but the way that McDermott treats these Patriots games is a little reminiscent of how Rex Ryan would treat him, where you're getting you, Belichick wouldn't do this. You know, you wouldn't, as Breach points out, you, you guys both point out maybe, but you wouldn't see the the you don't want to get too high or too low when you're going up against someone as as the, the best coach in the history of football and you know a team that's running. It, it felt like McDermott was uh, worked up a little too much for this to make sensible decisions. Now, yeah, said, wait, what? what? Not, I mean, I'm not saying he was like irrational. Just that, like, you got to your point. Your point was right. You have to keep your cool when you're going up against Belichick. You don't need to get over emotional, over like over. But it wasn't mean, like he, he. This wasn't Jason Garrett out there coaching. I thought he coached a fine game for the most part. You mentioned someone in the comments mentioned that the timeout usage could have been better, and I agree with that. But I mean, we have complaints about every coach, every game. But I don't think he was thoroughly yeah. and wholly out coached. The the challenge on the fourth and one, I understand. I wouldn't have done it, but spot. I get it. Yeah. Well, it's a tough spot because it's it's it. You're like you're like clearly he didn't get the first down, but you also have to know that there's no chance in hell 
that New Yorkers are Well, it wasn't that. clear. Like I told you, maybe he's two feet short. I have no I can't see him. Like, I don't know it's where he is. It's short. It wouldn't matter. Like, <laughs> right. you can't see him. You can't it, see the, him. It was too jumbled of a pile. Like, whoever told right. McDermott, that, that was a waste of a timeout. There was no, like, when have they ever overturned a QB sneak? Especially when there's that pile and you can't tell where anyone is because it's a jumbled mess. And Mac Jones was even, no, at the end of that play, he creeped through like a worm and ended like four <laughs> yards ahead. And it looked like he never even hit the ground because he was just, stuck on top of a pile of bodies but you don't even know that because it was so it was such a mess so well, and, yeah and, dumb challenge and the the guys that are sprinting in are you know it's like and bill vintage actually was, uh and if you had that time out if they had that time out they could have had 40 seconds left at the end of the game correct and then there was another timeout where there's a headset malfunction that they were forced to call timeout with and, and look you know you're not in, you're not in foxborough so you can't you know you, you gotta you gotta blame your you know you're at home. There's no shenanigans or any Adams ain't pulling the plug out, you know, while you're not looking. Uh, also, on the coaching front, we talked about this in the pregame. We'll try to make it a more concise and sensible discussion. But the coin toss, in it, it normally, although Wilson is the, the Patriots coin toss beat writer, nor, normally coin toss, you know, whatever. Like, in a Patriots game, I guess it matters because Belichick likes to defer because he wants to get, he wants to have the ball last in the second quarter and first in the third quarter so he can score twice. Tom Brady is, Tom Brady talked about that a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football. It is a thing that the Patriots like to do and that anybody should like to do because you can score twice on your opponent without them touching the football, and that's demoralizing and points are good. Um, Sean McDermott and the Bills won the coin toss. They then deferred to the second half. Now, my – so we, we looked it up. It's – and I was having a discussion with like before the game with smart people who, who, who you know, are good at gambling. And it was, it was Andy Drew of, of the, uh, of bet spurts and, and the uh, deep dive podcast, but like they, like nobody, you know, there's a bunch of NFL rules. You're like, Oh, you know what? I just realized I don't know what the hell the rule is for the second half of the coin toss. Um, breach. You're good at these bizarre technicalities. Should Sean McDermott have chosen done something different other than deferring in the first half, because as a result of his deferral, the Patriots had the win behind their backs, which it was clear that it was a lot easier to, to play offense in the second and fourth quarters when it mattered. They forced Josh Allen throwing into the wind in the fourth quarter. Well, so I think, see, this goes back to like the whole thing, how deferring has become the automatic uh thing you do if you win the coin toss and I'm assuming coaches like to do that so that they can get the kickoff in the second half because at that point you have you understand like the flow of the game you understand what you need to do if you're up 21 to nothing at halftime you can take that first possession try and and, and run the ball and get crazy if you're down a touchdown uh you know you just know where you are in the game and I think that's why coaches a lot of time tend to defer to the second half so they can get the opening kickoff of the second half. But I think there are situations where you outthink yourself. And that was kind of this with Sean McDermott. I think if I'm the bills and I win the coin toss, I probably take the ball first to start the game. And that way I get the decision of which way the wind's going to be blowing, whether it's in my face or at my back in the second half, I'd rather have that decision in the second half than the first half. And that's what McDermott didn't do. He gave the, the, the Patriots the choice to, uh, you know, obviously they, they received the opening kickoff and then that gave the Patriots the wind option in the second half. And I would not have given that to Belichick. I would have. So if I'm McDermott, I would have chosen to receive the ball to start the game. And then I would have had a decision in the second half uh, on which side I wanted to defend first. Just to be clear, the Patriots scored eight points into the win and six points with the win of their backs. But they so ran, they, wait, they scored. Sorry, say it again. Eight points in the with the against the win into the win and the remaining six points with the win of their back. Well, right, but also but they passed them all three times. <laughs> so. But also Tyler Bass missed a thirty-three yard field goal in the fourth quarter into the win that he probably makes that forced uh, him it, to but, throw on fourth and fourteen instead of trying to kick to win the. So win. I mean, it, it definitely factored into it. Yeah, I get it, but at the end of the day, I, it's not that like it's it's not like a forty chess from Belichick. I, I think okay. that's what. McDermott wanted to do. Could he have done something differently? Yeah, I get it, but I'm not going to crucify the guy for for that decision. Well, all right. So I'm not I'm not saying that he blew the game doing that. I just think no, that, I know. I'm just making so it clear. It's just more interesting to look at it in a game like this, where 
it matters. It, I, right. I mean, it matters more than a normal game. I think yeah. I, I don't think that Bill Belichick just off the cuff decided what he wanted to do with the with the the kick. So Bel this is my point. Is Belichick almost all so McDermott defers so he can make a decision in the second half. Belichick almost always, I think like 99% of the time if somebody defers there, he's kicking off because he wants because you know the you know right I mean like wouldn't he kick off there if if McDermott deferred normally because he wants to get the ball in the second half right and where am, am I an idiot here have I have I lost it again if he kicks off he's not getting the ball in the second half if the Bills defer the team that defers is almost always going to be kicking off to start the game yeah 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 right 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 okay yeah yeah sorry all right ignore that part my point is that <laughs> sorry by taking the when he took the ball to start the first half Belichick knew that if to start the second half, McDermott had to make a decision. He had to decide, did he want to do, did he want to pick the direction his offense would be going, or did he want the ball to start the third quarter? McDermott could not possibly give Belichick and the Patriots the ball to start the first and third quarter. That would be widely mocked, right? You're giving up a possession in exchange for having the wind in your direction. See what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. That's what every coach does every single time they defer in the first half. But I guess what I'm wondering is, was do we think that because the digs pass on, I think it was third down, maybe second down, that sailed over his head, and it was thrown into the wind. I think maybe he completes that pass if they have the wind behind them. Maybe. And, and that's what I'm maybe. wondering is, is could it possibly have been worth a possession to have yeah. the wind at your back in the fourth quarter? Maybe. But I don't know like what the analytics say in terms of how many points that cost them. But they had chances to win the game. They were down to the 12-yard line or wherever they were in that last drive. And then the drive before that, as Breach mentioned, um, Bass honked a 33-yarder. Although Bass did say, and maybe this should have informed Sean McDermott's decision, or maybe he thought he would be in field goal range when they were with the win. But he did say before the game to Lisa Salters that he didn't think he could make anything beyond an extra point. Turns out he couldn't make an extra point either. I tell you what, uh, we're going to take a quick break while I bring up a win map. And we're going to then break down against the grid of the stadium and the seating chart and various. <laughs> oh, a wind map, gotcha. And I think we even had a meteorologist coming on. Is that true? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah sir. we do have. We have three separate meteorologists from the Buffalo area coming on. I mean, and Bruce Nolan, Bruce Almighty. I was trying to. I was trying to. I was trying to live bet it because I mean, I do think that the the scoring mattered based on which direction the wind was going, right? Yeah, it did. And so I was trying. We were trying to. Um, yeah, I stole it, Sam. Uh, I was, was I was trying to uh, I was trying to figure out how to live bet these quarters where you know, like the Pats so in the the Pats first half what I'm laughing at Sam's comment yeah, yeah I saw the wind map thing and I, said, I stole it I, I admit I stole it get used to it Sam that that's that's his yeah. thing anywho <laughs> it's the first time Brinson's ever stolen content <laughs> hey oh I'll tell you what. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll tell you who won the Brinson Sucks hat. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or... Could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president Enter Wondry's newest sports show, alternate routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors, Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what if moment for the world of sports in these alternate sports realities. Dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, so Pats again, Bills 14-10, Pats win. 
it's I mean it's weird because it's a it was a crate is a huge is a massively impactful game with a bunch of bizarre sort of moments, but it was a very fast game and 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 there's not like that much to unpack. The Patriots just ran the ball a ton. The Bills couldn't stop them. Josh Allen yeah. made some plays and the the Bills definitely struggled against the run, but I will say if you take out the 64 yard touchdown run that the Bills gave up something like 3.7 yards per carry. So, like, if they would have gotten absolutely slaughtered on the ground, this final score would have been, like, 28 to 10. Like, their defense wasn't – if you run the ball 45 times, you know, you're going to get 200 yards just averaging four yards per carry. I can't do math in my head right now. And, and so it only took one big run. And really, if you take out the – That would actually get you to 180, so that's not there. <laughs> well, I mean, that's close. We're getting close there. Um, so, I, I mean, for me, this game really was just two big plays. If you take out the 64-yard run and Enkil Harry's muffed punt that hit off his face mask, the final score here is seven to 7-3, and that's probably what it should have been. So, I mean, that's that's what this game was. Like you said, Brenton, it was the Patriots running the ball nonstop and uh, just getting small chunks, running out the clock, and the Bills never had time to do anything else. And by the way, we're, you know, Brenton's giving McDermott a hard time about the coin toss stuff, and that's fine, but I mentioned this on the on the pre-show breach. Uh, why in God's name was Nikhil Harry back there fielding punts for the first time in his life? I mean, I know that Olszewski was in front of him and there was a staggered situation, Here's an idea. Just don't put anybody back there if you're concerned, because we've seen this happen before this season, not with the Patriots, but with other teams, where the, the returner's unsure, he moves forward, the ball hits him, and then the ball's turned over. And it's like, if you just don't if you don't go near the ball, it won't touch you. And hey, that led to the touchdown. He had the under on receiving yards for Enkeel Harry, like me, and needed to uh oh. needed to get him in that snap on the field so it counted. It wasn't uh it wasn't it wasn't he did make a, the the critical block on that Damian Harris touchdown run. So yeah. I, I he's, he's actually is a good blocker. Um, Should be. Yeah, got to do something. All right, uh, let's give away a hat. The yeah. winner of our hat, the Brinson sucks hat. You get your choice of a toboggan or a uh, baseball cap. A baseball cap. A baseball cap. That's right. Uh, at hot take chase. Ooh. Keep smashing that like button because the more likes we get, the more stuff we can give away. We'll start pulling stuff from the pixels. But like you see these hoodies these guys are wearing, we'll start giving away hoodies and stuff. Um, at uh, hit up uh, Debo, we'll uh, reach out, Chase, and you will get your hat. There's the QR code if you're watching on YouTube for the hoodies and other merch at the merch store for the That's holiday right. season. We'll have a holiday sale. I got something. my hoodie on. The hoodie is insanely comfortable, right? I love yes. it. Okay, let's dive into sort of the more big picture stuff here. I don't, in this game, because of because of the wind, I know we talked about the wind a lot, but it was, I mean, it was the storyline of the game. Because of the wind, I don't think you can necessarily take away massive overarching, um, like like hot takes on, on, on the, like, can't be like, well, the Bills are done. Do the Bills even deserve to be around? But this is a huge loss for the Bills. Their the run Patriots. defense is a problem. Wind or no wind. That, I agree with that completely. The so all right, so give me a, give me an overarching takeaway, Wilson. To run defense is the problem. That could be that's that, that's fine. By the way, the Bills are now the seventh seed in the AFC. Done, done, half game ahead of. I can't. Um, I guess I, I can't tell really. On the sandwiched sequence. between Breach's Bengals and Wilson Steelers. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, that's it, not well, a good place to be. They might actually. You know what? They would be eighth, except. Steelers tied with the Lions. That's right. The Steelers would have the tiebreaker over the Bills. Respectable. Well, at least they didn't lose to the Lions. That's <laughs> right. <case>. <laughs> so, I mean, how how concerned are you for Buffalo, Wilson, after what you – I mean, they – the Patriots threw the ball three times, and the Bills still had no answer for that run game. Uh, I'm pretty concerned, and here's why. Josh Allen played okay uh, on Monday night. The game wasn't his fault necessarily, but he's not making plays like he did consistently consistently in 2020 and here are the losses they've lost to the Steelers the Titans the Jaguars in that 9-6 barn burner and, and now New England and the Colts they got blown out by the Colts they're not beating good teams so even if they make the playoffs and they they still are they're still I would imagine a favorite to make the playoffs they're going to get the Patriots skin on the schedule but guess who's, who they play next week they're at Tampa Bay yep Two weeks after that, it's uh, the Patriots, and then they finish with the Falcons and the Jets. So it feels like they'll get to – they got three more wins on the schedule, so they'll get to ten wins, and that should get them in there. But they feel like a one-and-done team unless something 
suddenly Matt uh, magically changes in terms of their ability to play up to the competition. Because if you're not beating the Steelers, the Colts, and the Patriots, and you're getting blown out in one of those games, and the run game sucks in the other game, or both those games, because Josh Jonathan Taylor ran all over you. Uh, okay, uh, I I would hope that, and and for your for safety reasons, that Derrick Henry doesn't come back when you face the Titans. Their wins are of their I, of wait of their seven wins, only one of them has come against a team that currently has a winning record. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah, man, that's weird because they've looked. I mean, they've been slaughtered some of these bad teams. I gotta tell you, I mean, like I'm. I mean, I'm. I mean, I don't think I'm done, but. I mean, I have a pretty massive bet on Bills over ten and a half wins. Ooh, boy, that's going to come down to yeah, the wire. Yeah, you're done. I would just rip that one up. I mean, it's just beating the cash Jaguars. it out. Just beat the Jaguars, out. and they're getting to eleven easily. It's really mad. It's really infuriating. You know, I, it feels like all they have to do is beat the Buccaneers or the Patriots. They can Correct. win one of those two games, then then eleven feels plausible. But both I mean, those games are on the road too. Exactly. That is what I was about to say, Wilson. That's where the uh, they're going to be underdogs both times. Yeah. But I, all that said, ooh, although the so five, six, and seven, the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Buffalo Bills. I think the only two, two of those three are making it. Obviously, I think the the other team that's going to make it are the Colts. So now, if you're the Bills, who have a lot of on the wrong end of a lot of tiebreakers, you got to keep your eye on the old Indianapolis Colts. You're worried about the the Patriots running you down. Well, here they are. They done ran you down. They're they're in front of you now. And now you got to worry about the Carson Wentz. You're, and the Colts. You're, you're, but but you know who the Colts' next two games are? The Patriots yeah. and the Cardinals. Yeah, but Bill Belichick plays forty chess, so he's going to lose to the the Colts to get them in, <laughs> so they can eliminate the Bills. Exactly. Are, Come well, on, I mean, Rachel. if you're Belichick, who would you rather play, the Bills or the Patriots? Let's Colts? bear in mind the, the Patriots have a bye in Week 14. Like, I mean. I'd really play the Colts and the uh to the Bills. They just won seven straight games going into their bye after starting two and four and are the number one seed in the AFC. What a turnaround. At Indy, Buffalo at home, Jacksonville at home, at Miami. Feels like the worst case scenario, the Patriots go uh, uh twelve and five. And yeah. they're gonna be undefeated on the road, I think. Who's their remaining road games? Indy and Miami. No, they lose they lose that oh. game at Miami sometimes. Yeah, and a lot they do, yeah. In I suppose it is possible that just because of Baltimore has to play within the division, Kansas City still has a chart. You know, like it's possible that the Patriots would rest their guys in Week 18 at Miami if they had the number one seed secured. But you know, they're they're not they're up by like a half a game, so uh, unlikely but possible. All right, so Brinson and then Breach, name your fifth, sixth, and seventh seeds once the season's over in the AFC. It's Any not. order doesn't matter. Which three teams? So I'm picking three wildcard teams. I will. Oh boy. I mean, does it do the? I need to know if the Colt do the Colts have the Colts have the Pats, Cardinals, Raiders, and Jaguars. I'll tell you that Brenton is going to put the Chargers in there, and I am going to too. As soon as he looks at their yeah. schedule. Yeah, I'm putting the Chargers in the. I think the Chargers, the Bills, and then it comes down. I don't think Indy is playing really good football, and they're going to their bye as well. So they get the Pats after like the Pats and Indy play after a, they each have a bye. At in in Indianapolis, the Colts could win that game. That that game, I don't know what the total is in that game, but I want the under. Um, I just think the Colts' schedule is a little bit tougher, so I would go Chargers, Bills, and then just you know just despite Wilson, I'll go Bengals. Vegas is still out there too. No Vegas takers. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. Breach, are you going the same thing? Uh, what were Brinson's three Chargers, Bengals, and Bills? As it's currently, he's staying with the. He's going chalk. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm I'm going to go with a bold prediction. You're going to bump the Chargers, aren't you? Uh no. I, I I'm I'm the Chargers schedule is so easy. There's no way. Even if I wanted to bump them, I couldn't. <laughs> um. You know, do they, sitting, do they play the Bengals three more times? Sitting pretty at seven and five. They play the Giants, the Texans. That's two of their last five. They also have games against the Broncos, Raiders, and then the Chiefs. Okay. All right. So winnable games. Um, you know, and they already beat the Chiefs once. So if they get that sweep, that's even bigger. So I, I like the Chargers. That's one of them. My bold prediction, though, is that I'm starting to feel like the AFC North is only going to get one team in. Oh no! You're gonna turn on your team? Uh, 
Am I going to turn on my team? You're going to turn on the Baltimore or Ravens? Or I move the Bengals up to the division champion that and then give the bold. wild card somewhere else? What? That is I mean, bold. The Ravens only have a one-game lead. They haven't scored more than 20 points in a month. Yeah, that's it. They, and they, they still have to play the Packers and the Rams and the Bengals in Cincinnati. And the Steelers, who they can't beat. And the Steelers, who they can't beat. And they still have to play the Browns, who literally have been preparing for them for three straight weeks because they got to play the, the Browns, play the Ravens, then got to buy, and they get to play the Ravens again. That is bold. So you're bumping the three-seed Ravens. I'm bumping the Ravens. And who are you putting in, the Colts? I'm putting the Colts in. So I'm going to go Colts, Chargers, Bills, and bump the Ravens out of the uh, AFC North. So Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde were on the podium after this game and are like, like pretty pissed. They were asked, they're embarrassed by their run defense. And they were like, the question was literally, are you embarrassed by your run defense? And they took that personally. I think if you, not a, not a great phrasing of the question, right? If you had said it in a a more diplomatic way, you could say like, do you, do you think the run defense is a problem moving forward for the, for your, for the defense or what happened? Like, why did you guys in a game where it was 60 mile an hour wins? Why did the Patriots have so much success running the ball? Yeah, yeah, there's multiple ways you can phrase it without saying, are you embarrassed by your run? And people can say, well, they shouldn't have given or, all those Were yards. you guys expecting the Patriots to run it 46 times? I would have taken that personally as someone being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you lost and Mac Jones through three times. Does that break your soul in half or just like kind of, you know, create a crack in it? Three to four pieces or just one big piece? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as, it wasn't as, I mean, they weren't like, Nobody jumped over a table and like attacked somebody. But I mean, the Bills, rightfully so, should feel, you know. They should take it personally. And the question could have been phrased better, but it's a fair question. And I understand why they were angry because they just spent 60 minutes unable to, to bring anyone down in the run game from the Patriots uh, backfield. So sorry, who did y'all pick for the wild card? Just, just listen. Just oh, Breach bumped the Ravens, had the Bengals winning the division and added the Colts. I am going to. So you have Colts, Chargers, and Bengals? Yeah. And no Colts, Ravens. Colts, Chargers, Bills is my wild card. Oh, sorry, right, yeah. And no okay. Ravens. Ravens are out. They okay. playoffs all together. I'm going. Off. I'm going Chargers, Colts, Bills. Not because of any Bengals animosity, but I. I Whatever. Every Ryan. other week, the Bills and Joe Burrow in particular do something that made me go, "What? What are they doing?" Logan Wilson might be out for a while. Joe Burrow's fingers are an issue. Wait, wait, sorry. Wait, Breach, you have the Ravens not make the playoffs at all. At all. Yes. So the out. Bengals aren't a wild card. They're the division winners. And Wilson asked about the wild card, so I said my bold prediction. Is and Wilson's like, we're gonna leave the Bengals off the wild card, and that was the twist. I was leaving them off the wild card because they're gonna win the division. Oh, wow! All right, that's uh, that's bold. I'll give you that. That is bold, uh, but plausible, indeed. Do you think, uh, and yes, uh, somebody mentioned in the chat that I, I, the Bills to win the division at minus 155. Yeah, look, it's stupid. Fortunately, I have, <laughs> I have some, fortunately, I have some Patriots bets, so that's fine. So we bet the Patriots uh, immediately after. My buddy, uh, my boy Gup was on. We were doing the some sort of preseason like DFS thing, maybe or a gambling thing, and they cut Cam Newton. We bet Mac Jones to win the. I actually bet the Patriots after they drafted Mac Jones. I think. Who the hell knows? Anyway, uh, anything else from this game or the overarching issues? I don't, I don't think we mentioned. I know we obviously mentioned that uh, Mac Jones only threw two, three passes. Coin toss talk. Huh? That is mm-hmm. the second fewest passes that any team has ever thrown in a win since the NFL AFL merger in 1970. And the crazy part is they would have set the record with one pass because two is the record, right? From like, right. Set in 1974. And that's because the bills were feeding who, who was running for the bills. OJ. OJ. Yeah. Yep. So breach. What are the, our our Brinson too? What are the most passes by a winning team over (laughs) that same span? Do you know that answer? 70. Did you look at it? No, I just, I know Drew Brees, I think, has the record. 70. He's is it looked. Drew Brees? It's Drew Bledsoe. You looked. You looked at oh, the corner of your Drew Bledsoe. Wait, 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 I, yeah, I don't yeah, even know yeah, what you're you looking look, at. No, I, you looked. You I had, know that yeah. record, but that's a big record. I'm, you, like, had, you had Drew right and a B right, but <laughs> exactly. not, but is the wrong Drew B. <laughs> Drew right. Brees throws a thousand passes a game. He's the first person I would guess for a record like that. Clear, oh, well, but, well done, Brees. We'll give it to you. Man, well, I got it wrong. So it's not well. So did Bledsoe throw 70 or 71 or 72? You know, he threw exactly 70 because that's what you read. You're the guy. I know what you're talking about. I literally don't. Benson? Where, where did I read this? This is not. I don't it's know what Twitter. you're talking about. 
Bridge, Bridge is the guy when he's talking to the uh, I the investigator. Know what about. He doesn't give too many details, and he messes up some of the details intentionally. So he thinks, it's "Oh, Kaiser Sose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's gonna limp out of the room and then spread out. He's got a little. He's got an acapella uh, acapella group at a barber shop in uh, what, what was it? Was was Skokie, Skokie, Wisconsin, or Skokie, right. Illinois. Um, the crazy part about the the Mac Jones pass attempts, though, is with six fifty one left in the fourth quarter. And the Patriots leading 14 to 10. And this is after, I believe, Tyler Bassett honked that field goal. <laughs> it was like, all right, the Patriots are running the ball three times and they are punting and they are calling like, and like good luck, Bills coming into the wind. And they ran on second and 11. They let Mac Jones roll out and pass it to Nelson Aguilar. And by the way, if Mac Jones had just gotten five yards, they would have picked up the first down on the following the screen. They threw back to back passes on second and third down. I was, very, I was surprised. I thought that they might run the ball twice, keep the clock moving, try to get the record and force the Bills' hands you know, rushing to come back the other way, needing a touchdown. Well, you mentioned, uh, it was I think it was third and five in the fourth quarter. Mac Jones rushed up the middle on third and five, got four yards, and then went for it on the fourth and one that they later challenged. So he actually, they called the quarterback draw on, on fourth and um, third and five, which I thought was interesting. All right, Breach, let's see if you know these fun facts about a few past past games. Well, and well, real quick, Brinson, that was interesting because the, the Bills only had one timeout left at that point. So if you just run it twice, you burn their last timeout and you burn 40 seconds off. So you've only thrown one pass. Why are you changing your philosophy at this point? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It was, it was a bizarre move by McDermott. Also, I would point out, I'm not trying to, I think Sean McDermott's a great coach. So I'm not trying to dog your William. Sounds like you're piling on him if you ask me. Right. No, no, no. But the killing him. I did not like the decision. Uh oh. And I know it's fourth. He's a good coach, but I hated all his decisions, and he doesn't know how to handle coin tosses. And he's bald. Well, well, first of all, uh, Josh Allen cannot take that sack on second and six at the New England six. So it's second and goal at the six. You cannot take a sack there. Like just, I mean. Heave the ball because he was, he'd slipped and fallen. Just get rid of the ball. Do not take the sack. Do not try to extend it. Um, third down, they run Zach Moss. Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, third down, Allen uh, throws to Knox. It's incomplete after the nine-yard loss on the sack. So it's fourth and 15 at the New England 15. I know it's a 33-yard field goal, but you're down four. The Patriots are gashing you in the run game. I sort of thought they should have gone for it there. I know that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, if you the Dawson Knox thing, that was a pass breakup in the end zone. If you get seven yards, then you think about it, and it's a thirty-three yarder, and that's where uh, Tyler Bass said he felt he could. Well, do. I was say, or on the third down play, instead of going for a touchdown, set up a shorter fourth down so you can try and go convert. Yeah, that so I just said. But okay. on the third down, are you talking because the play call? We don't know what it was because got messed up because they Allen had to run, sides. and at that point he just heaved something, and so you, maybe they did try to get not a touchdown, but then he had no choice because he was at the sideline. He was about to get jacked up, and he. Well, I also play. think he thought on that third down he thought he was going to get an offsides call. Oh yeah, that's true. That's play, right. That's right. He get five yards. He was. He was. He looked. He was apoplectic that they didn't get a flag. They, they weren't offsides, and it feels like the officials call offsides even when the play, defensive players aren't in the neutral zone if they move. So that they got that call right. There's some other crazy calls like the roughing the the unnecessary roughness on the push out of bounds to Josh Allen in the third quarter. That was That's idiotic. Uh, all right, two more fun facts, and then we can get out of here because Debo's got stuff to do. All right, so uh, 19 yards passing for Mac Jones. That's not the, the lowest ever. And Brinson, if you know the answer, you can say. I'm sure Breach already read the tweet, so he'll tell us and act like he didn't. Uh, fewest passing yards in a single game. You want the team or the year before you guess the total? Forever or for any it, team? Is, it, is this ever. An, ever by any court? Or is this in a win or a lot? Like is it? Uh, yeah. The the, the the tweet from Gil Brand is few, fewest passing yards in a single game. So I think it's probably lost guessing. Uh, if I had to guess. Um. Okay. Give me the uh the year. Two thousand nine. Um, was it the Lions? No, that's a good okay. guess. That's a good guess every year. <laughs> gonna, you know what? I'm going to guess the Jets. That's a, not a terrible guess either. I, I think I don't know. I the, feel, was it negative yardage? I feel like there was a game it with was, negative yardage. It was the Titans, and I think it was the Snowball. Oh, is this in, in New England against the Patriots? Fifty-nine yeah, yeah, to nothing. Yeah. They the Belichick ran it up on them. So that was Jeff Fisher's Titans, and it was negative seven yards they had. I don't remember who the quarterback was. It was Kerry Collins or someone else. I don't remember. That's it. That, that sounds about right. Minus seven yards. And then um, the other one, and then we'll bonk, bounce our buddy Michael Davis-Smith. The last time an NFL team did not attempt to pass for an it's entire game. Young. 
Ooh, not yeah, good for the dream team. Uh, the last time the NFL oh, team oh, did sorry, not. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It was oh. Vince Young and Kerry Collins. Oh, okay. Vince Young 0 for 2, no yards. Kerry Collins 2 of 12, negative 7 yards. Yeah, that's not great. The last time an NFL team did not attempt to pass for an entire game. Um, you want to guess? You can guess the guess the year, or you can guess the teams. It's up to you. Um, or if you how want many, how many me, passes were attempted in that Steelers Dolphins? Uh, not hurricane many. game in that was 2004. Was that 2004. That was Big Ben's that score was three nothing. I remember that one. Yeah. The By ball. the way, in that in that snowball game with Young and Collins, where they threw for negative seventy yards, do you know what Tom Brady's stat line was? Do you remember? He threw for like 400. He did something crazy. 29 of 34, 380 yards, six touchdowns. You know what's funny? Was Lindell White on that team? Oh, yeah. Because Lindell White, when we did the uh, telethon two years ago, he was talking about that game. And he's like, yeah, we weren't weren't thinking about being prepared for that game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, the score indicated as much, Lindell. He was a great guy. Um, Anyway, Uh, I'll I'll just tell you the answer. Last time an NFL team did not attempt to pass for an entire game. 1961. 1950 breach when the Browns beat the, beat Debo's Eagles 13 to seven. Ah, uh, what's that? Jim, Jim Brown. The Browns beat the Eagles 13. Wait, 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 it was Jim. 1950. That might have, that's before Jim Brown's time. Okay. I don't I don't know. Uh, that might be uh, who was the quarterback? Uh, Roman Gabriel, maybe. I'm a little getting getting over my skis on this. No, thing. I think that's a little that's a little early for Roman Gabriel. Roman Gabriel is in like the 70s. He's in the 70s. I would say Norman Van Brocklin. Oh, maybe that's what I was good. Good one, Devo. That's a good one. And Otto Graham was probably the Browns quarterback. Oh, that's a good one too. I knew it was some weird name. Roman Gabriel is a weird name, and I just got the. But back in the day, you know, like throwing under 10 passes a game, I feel like was pretty normal before, say, 19. 65. <laughs> this box score is amazing. Oh, you can, you found it? <laughs> it's just no passes. So, the, Brown, the Browns won 13 to 7. But wait a second. In week one, they played the Eagles and the score was 35 to 10. Yeah, and like there's huge stat numbers. There must have been there must have been weather. And the leading the leading rusher for the Browns was Don Phelps with seven carries for 28 yards. They had oh, breach. Great news. Big day, big day for Luke Rosa. He had a 43 yard field goal. Yeah. That's so there was a, a, uh, a, a there's a pick six by Warren Lair, of course, two field goals by Lou Groza, and then Jim Parmer punched one in for the Eagles in the fourth quarter to cut it to six. Oh, to seven. So wait a second. They didn't even run a bunch of plays, though, because this must have been. No. Oh, my gosh. They don't have the uh, weather info for these games, though, unfortunately. So wait a second. Was there no quarterback for the Browns? Did they just run they just like hand a- it off? They just run like a wildcat the whole time. The original wildcat was Cleveland Browns. You know what's screwed up is you can look up, um, you know, weather history. Okay, this is probably not a good thing to keep on the podcast, but um, oh boy, no, no, I'm saying like you can look up what the, what the weather was in that town for that particular day. Yeah, yeah. So like December. That is awesome. The thing is, the Eagles only threw for 81 yards. Was Jalen Hurts a quarterback that day? You guys, you guys want a fun <laughs> fact? Oh! That- that Browns win over the Eagles, that 13-7 win, was voted the 25th best moment in Browns history. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's the most Browns thing. Oh my gosh! You know, Browns, it looks like it's like it's gotta be wind or something. It's like, it's like 55 degrees there. What is going on? So here's the thing. I think I bet Otto Graham was hurt because in the Week One game he was 21 or 38 for 346 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. So he must have been hurt. They must not have had backup. Um, we can look for the season stats, but, uh, yeah, that's, that must've uh, something like that. Uh, Cliff Lewis. Yeah. The only other quarterbacks on the roster, I don't even know if they were quarterbacks. Oh, here's the, here's the following breach attempted like three passes. What was Otto Graham's number in 1950 for the Browns? <laughs> this is awesome. Breach, you got a guess or not? Uh, like his the number he wore on his jersey. Yeah, uh, you're making it sound crazy, so I'll say 99. It might as well have been 60. Oh, oh my it's- God! I so I, this is from Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth. But the sources are cited. After a bye in the 11th week of the season, the Browns beat the Eagles 13-7 at home. Lair intercepted a pass less than two minutes in the game, returned it for a touchdown, putting Cleveland up seven nothing. A steady rain fell during the game, resulting Ooh. in a muddy field and a slippery ball. Both teams had trouble advancing. 
Remembering Neal's likening the Browns to a basketball team after their first matchup, Brown told his players before the game that they were not to throw a pass as long as they were tied or in the lead. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Oh, they attempted two, but both were called back by penalty. Oh, interesting. And, and I'm also reading from the Philadelphia Inquirer that it was pouring down rain, so that played a part in it, and that the Browns punted, punted on third down. down. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what? you know what the you know you know who the big winner is here? The Evo? Cleveland Browns because they won the championship that year. Mm. That's they, why it was a top twenty-five moment. Must imagine, have been right. Imagine your team a top twenty-five moment being a thirteen-seven game where you threw new pass no passes in a regular season game. Imagine that where you're like, but you're the you're the coach. You're like, if we're winning or we're tied, we are not attempting a pass. And then you get a pick six two minutes into the game. You're like, oh boy. <laughs> just, and their only just, losses, two losses that year, came against the the Giant. They they were twelve and two, won the championship, beat the Los Angeles Rams. I didn't know the Rams were in LA in 1950, but they were thirty to twenty eight. So they scored a ton of points that year. Interesting. Do you guys think that Devo? Uh... Diva will cut this out of the podcast. I was wondering when he was going this to. Staying. This is staying. All right, last, last thing. Like, look at Brinson. Ryan's turned into a historian. He's added 20 minutes to the podcast. Last thing, we'll get out 1950 here. weather reports. Last thing, we'll get out of here. Autogram started 12 games, went 10-2 and two in those games. What do you think his stat line was in 12 games for yards, touchdowns, and interceptions? For that season? Y- yeah, the 1950 championship. Oh, he said he had like. Oh, in the championship game or the whole season? No, the whole entire 12. He went 10 and 2 in those 12 games. What was his yards, touchdowns, interceptions? Well, we and just that, said he threw for 300 in that first game against the right. Eagles. And then yep. he threw for zero in the second. So that's Correct. 150. Well, I don't think he played in that game. So just the 12 games. No, he played that game. Oh, okay. He's I'll say, five, I'll say five, rush, five rushes for negative five yards. I'll say 2,112 passing yards. All right, touchdowns, interceptions. What do you got? 20 and 23. I think that's too low. I think you need to go 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, interceptions. interceptions. That's what I, I would have guessed what you guessed, Brunson. Clearly, Breach looked at the, the answer again. It's 19, 1943. I didn't look at any. I was 200 yards off. But 14 touchdowns, <laughs> 20 interceptions. You said 20 and 23. No one says that. If, if, you know, if you know history about the interceptions, football, uh, quarterbacks regularly threw more interceptions. My guess would have – any. Anybody uh-huh. who knows the history of the NFL would have guessed more interceptions than touchdowns. I, well, uh-huh. clearly, I, I agree with Brinson. I thought it would be something like 20 and 3 or something. You're like, yeah, probably 20 and 23. That sounds about right. right I, I, I even got I got the answer wrong, and you guys still. Wait, wait, so you got you got the interceptions correct to the exact number. No, yeah. I missed it by three. I said 20 touchdowns and 23 interceptions. And it was... Oh, yeah, 20 picks and 14 touchdowns. You Yeah, you moved it, you moved it up a little bit and changed a little bit okay. and changed the yardage total a little bit. Very Just enough to. Caleb Campson with the. Uh, that's actually the what should be the the description of our podcast. I left for twenty minutes and I came back and I have no idea what's going. The show on. about nothing. Yeah, I don't know what's going. On. All right, that's All it. Right. That was a fun little stroll down nineteen fifties memory lane. Uh, yeah, oh, look at Samir says Prisco is probably at that game. Oh, oh. He had just retired for the first time. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're if you're watching on YouTube after the fact, smash that like button if you're listening on the podcast app. Of course, hit subscribe. Appreciate you guys. As always, we will talk to you tomorrow. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.